Okay, Liz, here's some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, multiple systems, delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs, you cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems, and you improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. I'm so excited for Gretchen to come and like declutter our office. I know, but you know what she really wants to get her hands on is your house. Oh my God. That's like my worst nightmare. That's so terrifying. <laughs> but you don't understand for her, the more clutter, the better. She, she would love it. Well, then my house is like her heaven. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Sarah Fain, a TV writer and producer living in LA, and with me is my high school friend and writing partner of 19 years, Liz. That's me, Liz Craft. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. In this week's episode, there is a special guest here who's going to help us clear clutter in our office. You can probably imagine who that might be. (laughs) And we're going to talk about how we deal with public criticism. And finally, we've got a meeting Hollywood hack that's friendly to your feet. But first, Sarah, we've got to discuss this is episode 100. Oh my God, it's amazing. What's funny about episode 100 (laughs) is that in television land, episode 100 is like the holy grail. Yes. You have like a gigantic party with hundreds of people, cakes. It's like a whole thing. Very, very few shows ever make it to episode 100. (laughs) So when you reach it, it's like that is the height of being a television writer. Yes. And in fact, I don't like tattoos. I don't know if I have mentioned that on this podcast. Once or twice. I really don't like tattoos. But I said if the fix gets to episode 100, I will get a C, a Roman numeral C tattoo, because also it will stand for craft and for 100. 100. (laughs) I don't know how big it's going to be, and I don't know where it's going to be, but should we get there, I will get that tattoo. I can't tell you how much this makes me want to get to 100. (laughs) But... So we thought we would sort of take a look back, Mm -hmm. since this is episode 100 of Happier in Hollywood, to where we were 100 episodes ago for this show. Yeah, we started in May 2017. Uh Brooke was our assistant. Now she has been a staff writer on The Fix, so she has come a long way. We were working with Marsha on the first pilot we did together. Yes. We have done another pilot and made the pilot and made a show. This is huge. Yes, and we now, Sarah, have a Facebook group with thousands of members. 
We had no Facebook group. We didn't even <laughs> know what a Facebook was when we started this podcast. Or how to make one. <laughs> now it's part of our lives every day. Um, of course, personally, both of my parents have died. Violet got uh, into kindergarten. Let's move it to the yeah. positive place, which was huge for me. Jack is almost in fourth grade, and Amazing. my never-ending home renovation is basically done. That is the most incredible <laughs> thing, probably, of oh everything else. Like, wow. that was like a daily thing. Oh my so gosh. it's that's really awesome. We still need to paint the whole inside of the house, but <laughs> that'll happen soon. We have expanded, and we're working on exploding. That's right. Sarah, it's going to be really interesting to see where we are uh, episode 200. I know. Hopefully we'll have multiple shows on the air. I hope so. And no one That's else the will plan. have died. <laughs> Everybody living multiple shows. Okay, let's do it. Tell us what you were up to 100 episodes ago. What has changed in your life? We like to hear from you and what's going on. So send us an email or a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. And Sarah, to celebrate 100 episodes, we have a special guest co-host. Oh, my gosh. This is the coolest thing. Hello. It's Yay! Gretchen Rubin. Yes. I am so excited <laughs> that I get to be here for your 100th episode. That's just such a huge milestone. Yes. You are on your book tour um, promoting Outer Order, Inner Calm. Yep. In a little bit, we're going to adjourn to our office on the Disney lot, yes. and you are going to help us clear clutter. And I just want to say, there is no one more excited about this than me. Oh, no, because I am <laughs> tremendously excited. This is like, because I get the contact high of clearing clutter, but it's not my stuff, so it's like all the fun and none of the emotional drain. But you're excited for it, too? Oh, my God. Yes. No, it's like every day when I go in our office, I feel this like, ah, it drives me crazy. It's so cluttered. I can't stand it. And then so I'm just like, ah. What's funny, though, is your house is not uncluttered. Oh, my house. It drives me crazy at home, Oh, too. it drives you crazy. I'll come, I'll come to your house. I also hate it at home. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> oh, boy. Careful. Uh, no, I would You're love gonna to do You're going to have to come do. to town for longer. I would love to do it. I would love to. Elizabeth will tell you. It's like I just like I'm like, you know, rubbing my hands together with glee at the thought of tackling some clutter. So, um, no, but doing an office, I think, is really great because, again, it helps you get that focus and that energy. And when you have so much going on and you have people sharing an office like you guys do a lot of people coming in and out it's easy for things to get out of control but then it's easier to keep up than to catch up so we'll get you caught up and then you can enjoy that all right order when we come back we will be at our office first this break Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Last night, I had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. 
Head to Factormeals.com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at Factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Okay, Sarah and Gretchen, we're back. We are at the Disney lot, and it's time for From the Treadmill Desk of, in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. And this week, it's decluttering. But first of all, we also have to say that we're on our actual treadmills. <laughs> like, for real. Yes. Our treadmill desk is from our treadmill desk. Yes, for the first time ever. It's very <laughs> exciting. Yeah. And Gretchen, you are going to help us transform our office. Should we step off the treadmill? We will stop. Slowing down. Almost fell. Almost (laughs) fell. All right. Um, Okay, so I'm looking around your office, and I have to say it's not as cluttered as I'd hoped it would be. Um, You have two treadmills with a lot of stuff on the surfaces. You have um, sort of a coffee table, side tables, a little bookcase, and some stuff kind of around. And so, um, in looking around, I see that there's kind of a lot of hand cream, like makeup bag, and it doesn't really have a place to go. So I'm looking at the bookcase. So let's begin by seeing what neat can go out of this little bookcase. Okay. Now, I have never even looked in here. Okay. Cause I think this could be a good place like to put makeup bags, oh, yeah. nail polish remover, all that kind of personal stuff. Cause this is kind of tucked out of the way. So it's, it's not behind a cabinet, but it's not visible if somebody comes to visit your office. Right. So there's a lot of books here, which I think it's kind of like your professional life flashing before your eyes. Cause they're related to old projects. Like Atlas of Fashion Designers is from Model Woman, yes. the pilot we did in New York a couple years ago. Um, and so, are these books that you could give away? Yeah, totally. these are you good books. Give them away. And yes. then this book, is- Blue Blood, is we about cops in New York. We've I think those are from our Shield days. Yeah. So that's like now crime scene. Do you need this? Is this useful? That's probably useful, but it but doesn't you know need what? to be in this office. I'm right. gonna be the one who says. If we need to know anything about crime scenes, we can look online. Well, that's true. And yeah. I actually don't think we need that book anymore. Yeah, okay. Right. Get rid of Donate it. Donate pile. Okay. Also, yeah. it might be obsolete at this point. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, I'm usually the one who was like, we need that. We need yeah. that. Now, I'm, nope. I'm not Sarah's doing that. turned over a new leaf. I know. She I read know. your book. That's right. Outer order, inner living manifestation of the book. Now, this Roger's Thesaurus, I mean, you look it up online, online right? Yes, okay. yeah. never use uh, okay. Can I just say, you have a paperback and hardback of the Happiness Project. What nice people. Yes, but, and we want to keep those because we, we can always also give them as a gift. Okay. Yeah, we get, yeah. And th- is this an important memento? Uh, the, it's the shield. Uh, what is it? I, I think Spotlight. it's a shield comic book. Right? Yeah. Do you, we don't, don't need that. Don't need you don't that. need yeah. that. We have our memories. The tick, is that signed by Ben or is it just a copy of the tick? Let's see. Our friend created the tick. Oh, comic. And oh, TV show. 
It is not signed by him or anything. I want to give you gold star for already having a donate box started in your office. So that's really good because if anything comes in that you don't want. Now, what about the binders? Because because you do have a big bookshelf in in the conference room. So this could be at, because here's the thing. One of the things you want to think about is um, your active real estate and you want to protect your prime real estate. So if it's your clo- your clothes closet, you don't want to put costumes in there. Mm-hmm. And if it's your office, you want to have your office for things that you're actually needing and using, yes. not the backup things that are just sort of like things that you need to have on hand, but that you only might consult every six months or you right. just need to keep for sort of whatever administrative reasons. Yeah, here's a couple books I that I we want to keep these, but they don't need to be in here. Right. Okay, so they'll go in the other room. I'm keep creating so a stack. So let's make another room yeah. pile. Yeah. I mean, even let's face it, the happiness project let's can go in the, in the other, other room. room. Yeah. As important as it is. <laughs> as it is. Um, these can go. One of these we have two copies of the same books. Best exotic baby names. Here. This we need here in this office because we use this constantly for characters. Okay, see, that's important. That's what belongs yes. on an active And then we'll shelf. know it's yes. there, which yes. is your whole point. Yes. yes. And okay. then those, you you just found sort of our um, stationary stash. Yeah. Like we like to have um, cards available yeah. so we can write thank you notes, so we can quickly have a birthday card. Right. That's, I would say, Without, an active thing, right? So in, in, is that what this whole box is? Yeah. Okay. Gretch, while you're here, though, I have to show you one thing I'm very proud of. This is a very Karen craft accomplishment. This is... Sarah designed this, of course. Our stationery with both our names. Ooh! Elizabeth Craft Sarah Fane Stationery. That is very cool. And we got it a hundred years ago. We've had it since 2007. Yeah. We still use it. Yes. You still use it. Okay. Okay. So this is, I think, an easy win, morale booster. Looking at this uh, posted um, thing that's got a bunch of files in it, this looks like it's old show scripts. From old episodes of Happier in Hollywood. You don't need to keep this. So we can just toss all this. Okay. Put it, all those papers are going into recycling. Okay, okay. So that's going to be a yeah. huge morale booster. Now you've got all these surfaces. And a, re- a really great thing to do is just to keep a surface clear. And ta-da! This is a bunch of makeup, which now we have a place to put because you ah, have cleared yes. makeup. So let's mo- we'll move all that there. Um, and then you've got a lot of office supplies. You've got like uh, mugs of pens all over your office. Do you like to have it that way because you're sitting in different places and you want pens? Or would yeah, it actually be easier to consolidate? Is, I still feel like we never have pens. It's true. Oh, okay. It is so true. why? So we so have how can we... Mugs of pens and no pens. I know. What, what, so <laughs> so you like Do you know why them. I think it is though? It's because we have so much clutter that the mugs yeah. of pens are sort of buried and yes. we don't realize yeah. they're there. So yes. if we clear the surfaces, yes. keep a mug of pens, we'll see that it's there. Right. Yeah. Good. So, so we'll leave them there, but we're going to clean off everything around them. Around. Same thing with staplers. You've got, I can spot five staplers. We get uh, very paranoid about not having Not having a stapler. Okay. Okay. So you have your donate box. You have your store in the other place. Um, now, one of the things, and then there's just like things like over here by this phone. There's, gosh, you guys have a lot of handlers. Um, <laughs> okay, this really stuff. Good. It's just like, yes. there's... Like a little post uh, sticky notepad. What is this? That's a whiteboard eraser. Oh, so that's important. So that or do you use that or do you actually use the eraser? But this we should just throw away, right? Yeah, that's yeah. So that's an old uh, used up hand cream thing. 
here's like salt and pepper. Shouldn't this go? You've yes, got all your food that area be in the kitchen. In the kitchen. Area. So, but again, part of it is I think when you've cleared off all these surfaces, it'll be more obvious that things need to be put away. Yeah. And so one thing, and this is in the manifesto, um, the outer order inner call manifesto, which is on people. If you want it, you can get it from my site, GretchenRubin.com and resources. Um, it's easier to keep up than to catch up. And so once you have this whole, and you have these cool, bright red side tables, very, like, very, they really pop. Once it's cleared off, I think then you're like, oh, the salt and pepper shakers are in the wrong place. Mm. Let's put them away. And you can keep up. But once everything's messy, everything just sort of stays where it is. And then that's when you can't find your pens. Yeah. Yeah. And like with our goal for the year to be explode, we just want our office to look, we're going to have a lot of meetings. We're like yeah. a lot is going to be going okay. on in here. We don't want it to look cluttered and unprofessional. Okay. So yeah. here's my, you're both obligers. Yeah. Um, and so maybe one thing to think about is we want to be able to present, just like we talk about clothes and like presenting yourself professionally. It's like, mm-hmm. we want to feel like anytime somebody comes in here, best foot forward. It's part of explode is that you need to, you know, dress out of the athleisure and you need to like put away the salt and pepper shakers. And so let it be that outer accountability that works for obligers, which is you're not doing it for yourselves. You're doing it because this is what you need to do kind of as your professional identities for each other, for the team, for, you know, team has talked on happier in Hollywood about how your office does say a lot about you and your level of confidence. Right. Um, and taste. Right. And right now our office is not saying anything good about us. And we have all the stuff. Like we have yeah. these really cool um, posters. posters that are just propped against the wall. Yeah. 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 Well, and the other thing is you do have accidental stockpiling. And again, I think stockpiling, it looks like hand lotion. Like people keep thinking, oh, we should have some hand lotion. And then you end up with like 15 where then if you just had one that it was always where you knew you could get it, then you could just have one. Right. And also, and then office supplies, like I see, um, again, with the staplers, scotch tape, packing tape. Do you have a basket or something that we could put on this newly cleared out mm. um, bookcase where it's all... go like in the Mary area. Like, okay, she, yes. you know, like there's, we don't even need it here. So again, that's something, so we'll put that in the, put in another room pile. Mm-hmm. Um, so part of it is like, let things go where they live. Yes. Yes. All right, so our office is like back to uh, what it always should have been. Yeah. And now all we need is Gretchen to come through LA like every three months. <laughs> okay. To, yes, to yes. reset. Yes. yes. Let's yes. be honest. It's not going to stay exactly like this. Yeah. Then it wouldn't, have, it wouldn't be any fun for me. Uh, so, um, but if people want uh, advice about how to use their tendency in clearing clutter, like talking about you guys yes, and obligers, there's also at GretchenRubin.com slash resources. There's something about the four tendencies in clutter. And we've talked about a lot of ideas from Outer Order, Inner Calm. And I should just mention that if people want to read an excerpt to see if they want to read the whole book, they can read it on my site too. Gretchen, thanks for helping us clear our clutter. Thank you for letting me have the most fun. I love clearing other people's clutter. We've already talked about you coming to my house, but that's another trip. (laughs) Coming up, we've got a flip-flop hack, but first this break. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Okay, Liz, now it's time for Take a Hike, in which we talk about mental, physical, or spiritual health. And today it is mental health. How we all deal with public opinion. Yes. So we have chosen, and Gretchen, you have chosen, careers that involve public opinion. Sometimes it's approval. Sometimes it's opprobrium. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Your books, obviously, you know, you, you will get reviews and get critics' reviews. We... Our shows get reviewed. The podcasts also get reviewed. So we are all like people say a lot of nice things to us, and that's wonderful. But sometimes people's opinions are not so positive. Well, and because of something called the negativity bias, we remember much more clearly and have seared into our eyeballs much more uh, permanently the (laughs) negative things. It's very easy to skip over 100 great reviews, and then it's the one negative review is the one that haunts us. Yeah. Yes. And in case anyone is wondering what kind of reviews, look, first off, say we've gotten a lot of great reviews for The Fix. A lot. A lot of great reviews. Um, And I agree with all of those people. But um, (laughs) those people are so smart. people yeah. are, yeah. they know what television, they really yeah, they understand the what they're talking yeah. about. But let's just give a sample of some of the negative reviews we've been dealing with lately. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Um, okay. This is from the Las Vegas Review Journal. The title of it was Marsha Clark Prosecutes OJ Again in Clunky ABC Drama, The Fix. And it says, should The Fix somehow earn a second season, where would it possibly go? Perhaps one season, Seve could be arrested during a misguided attempt to reclaim some of his memorabilia. That (laughs) seems unlikely, though, given that the series plays out like a clunky compilation of all the things you wish you'd said on the way home from an altercation. And then somebody else said, the pilot episode is painfully boring. A series like this should start with a bang and slowly reveal the exposition as it goes. Instead, you get a full 60-minute episode of introductions to nine characters, putting you to sleep in the process. ABC is going to have a tough time getting audiences to get over the show's debut blunder. But those who make it to the last scene might be left wanting more. 
And then, Sarah, this was from our hometown trade, The Hollywood Reporter. Lovely. The headline was, ABC's odious legal drama tries to rewrite the O.J. Simpson murder case from the perspective of its failed prosecutors. They say, even if you could stomach the unctuous slime trailing from the show's conceit, its witless execution is another stopper. The fix is your typical cheesy, sun-soaked ABC melodrama, but one left out so long to bleach that its brain is completely zapped. And that was the nice part. Well, I do agree that it's a melodrama. I agree with that. (laughs) Um, The rest of it, you know, our opinion might not match that. Well, it's one of those things where, you know, since we're talking about kind of how we deal with these things, mm-hmm. one way is just by paying more attention to the positive ones, which mm-hmm. far outweighed these. When I read stuff like this, sometimes, like the the last one, like when it's just so sort of personally vicious, mm-hmm. I don't, it sort of loses legitimacy to me. If it's just sort of like bile on a page, right? I don't. I can't really feel hurt by it because it doesn't seem as legitimate, to be honest. Right. And in our opinion, some of the people aren't necessarily getting the show. And if they saw more episodes, they would not think it was a retelling of the O.J. Simpson case. It's just not. Right. And that is, in our opinion, that would be obvious. Yeah. Which to me also goes to it's sort of what they're bringing into it, not what they're actually Seeing on the screen. Yes. And yes. the boring thing, I'm just like, we've okay. watched the pilot a lot. We know it's not boring. Yes. If, you may have many legitimate criticisms, <laughs> but if you're saying it's boring, I just can't go with you on that. Now, Sarah, sometimes we even agree with reviewers. Like, yeah. someone gave us a lot of grief over Maya's boyfriend being named River Allgood. <laughs> Which, when you say it like that, it does sound like maybe a soap opera name. Yeah. But, of course, we named him after a friend of ours. So, to us, it did not seem like a soap opera name. Yes. We don't think it's silly at all. Because it's Jean's last name. She's been on the podcast. Yes. But we had to laugh at that. I know. (laughs) Gretchen, you deal with this also. But you have a slightly different approach to our sort of, like, take the slings and arrows. Yeah. Approach (laughs) and then cry. Right. Um, Well, so I have to say, I don't read them at all because I can't take it. Um, So, do you not read good ones either? You know, it's actually in the kind of the age of the internet, it's hard to completely insulate myself from it, but I try very hard not to read any review, anything written about me or my work at all, whether it's good or bad. And it used to be that I felt like it was almost an obligation to read it because, like, I could learn from it. Mm. But what I found was that. I was learning all the wrong things from it. Like, I have people Mm. in my life who are thoughtful critics. Like, I open myself up to a lot of criticism, and I I really work hard on taking thoughtful criticism from people who are, like, really care and are interested in whose judgment I respect. But what I realized is that because of the negativity bias, because of the way this just gets, like, burned into your brain, that it was making me defensive and kind of fixing all the wrong problems because like 400 people could love the fix and one person doesn't like it and that's what you remember and so then you're kind of you're redirecting yourself in all the wrong ways it's I felt like it was getting in my head and making and changing what I was creating in a way that wasn't helpful I'm like I need to stay open and warm-hearted and not defensive and vulnerable and all these things and so I was like I just can't do that and read this criticism. And I didn't feel like it was serving any purpose. It wasn't making me better. I thought it was making me worse, and it was definitely making me 
fragile. Well, I know (laughs) one example where it's actually something happened because of criticism, which is that someone told you they didn't like your voice reading you're doing an Audible book. Yeah. And so for Happier at Home, you were like, okay, well, I'll hire someone to read it. I won't read it. But of course, the vast majority of your audience, I mean, the overwhelmingly vast majority, wants to hear you read it. Yes. And so you respond to the wrong wrong thing. It's the wrong input. Well, and like somebody on the podcast was like, I don't like your laugh. And I was like, okay, well, what do you want me to do? Like, am I going to get a laughing coach? Do I not laugh? It's a podcast about happiness. I mean, (laughs) like, I'm sorry you don't like my laugh. I mean, (laughs) so I think that especially when you're doing something creative like we are, you really do. And you talk about this on the podcast all the time. You have to stay open to other people's ideas. You have to be willing to take input. But I think there's a difference between somebody who you really trust their judgment Mm -hmm. and you think that they're making thoughtful suggestions and someone who's maybe just, like you say, taking drive-by pot shots and sort of enjoying coming up with every like great negative adjective that they can come up with. And then, but it gets in your head. It gets in your head. Yes, it does. But what's interesting about what you're saying that I think is maybe something that helps insulate us. When we read these things, we're not like, oh, ha ha. No. I mean, it does sting. Yes. Oh, it hurts. Oh, my stomach churns yeah. and my, yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm like, I'm going to pass out. Like, like, I texted Liz when I first glanced at the Hollywood Reporter thing that it was heart-poundingly vicious. Yes. And my heart was really pounding. But, you know, 20 minutes later, I'm fine. Yeah. For the most part. But, I think part of that is because of what you're saying about having people around you. Like, our work is so... Collaborative. Collaborative. And there are all these people who we work with every day from the studio, from the network. Like, we get so much input and feedback and notes and, like, through the whole process that I think it helps us when someone kind of outside is Mm -hmm. saying stuff like this. I'm like, well, no, we have... We've workshopped this, yeah. you know, like in in an extreme way. Well, also one thing is, and maybe it helps because there's two of you, is you guys are good at like quickly getting to a sense of humor. Yeah. And I think that's funny. <laughs> if you can see the funny part or laugh about it, it really does draw the sting out of it. Um, and so I do feel like being able to be like, ha ha ha, you know, that helps. And you and, guys both do keep a sense of humor. And I mean, for me, the thing that helps the most is like, I'm just happy to be out there having yeah. something someone's talking about. Yeah, I mean, right. I was texting my friend Gage like, oh, well, we're odious. Yeah. You know? And he's like, I wish someone would call me odious. No one bothers to call me odious. <laughs> right. You know? Right. Right. And I really like, of course, I want everyone to love everything we do. That yeah. would be ideal. That would be nice. If we can't have that, I'd rather have some people like it and some people hate it rather than just have nothing. Well, so right. this is something that I remind myself of a lot. And I often will remind other people as well because it's so helpful to me, which is to remind myself that a strong voice repels as well as as attracts. Mm. And if you're going to really try to do something well, some people are going to not like it because it's not what they like. And you'll think of anyone who's like the biggest superstar creator. There's a dedicated group of people <laughs> who parody it, make fun of it, you know, yes. and really, you know, there's a whole thing in literature where, the, uh, you know, in the literary world where they'll post like the negative reviews and that like Hemingway got. And the uh, Virginia yeah. Law, you know what I mean? It's like nobody's <laughs> free from this. So a strong voice repels as well as attracts. If you try to create something that everyone's going to love, it's probably going to be so bland and yeah. so lowest common denominator that no one's going to particularly enjoy it. It's like, you know, it's right. like the music playing in the background of the grocery store. It's like no one loves it. 
It's just there. Right. <laughs> yeah, the last thing we want to do is not swing for the fences yes, for right. fear of people saying mean things. Well, and that's part of it, because I think with creativity, you do have to take risks, and mm-hmm. risks open you up yes. to, like, that's when people can really criticize you. You know what's interesting about criticism? I think it's harder for the people who care about you yes. than it is oh, yeah. for yes. us personally. Yeah. No, like, I really am just, yes. I'm like, but the fix is so great. Yeah. I want to go <laughs> like, shut that? these people down. Yeah. Um, you know, when it's us, we're like, well, and by the way, we've taken so much criticism in our career. But that's kind of your job. Yeah. You yeah, say that's I mean, your job is to be criticized. We have to be able to just yeah. roll with it. Yeah. And I'm honestly, like... I'm just so happy to be where we are now, yeah. where we can take yes. a hard punch to the face and get back up. Yes, we can move on. Yeah. You know, um, we've just, it, you go with it. Well, what my husband Jamie tells me, and this is very much to your point, Elizabeth, is whenever I'm complaining about something like this, he says, very gently, he says it in a nice way. He says, well, this is what you wanted. <laughs> That's true. You know, he's like, you wanted yeah. to put your ideas out in the world and to engage with people or like, Let's say they said, okay, well, we're going to take your show off the air. Now you have no negative criticism. It's like, that's even much worse. It's like, like, this is what you wanted. This is how it looks. Yes. Mom pointed that out to me. She said, you and Gretchen both chose careers where, you know, you're putting yourself out there. And if you put yourself out there, people will take shots. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. But so I guess... One thing is to just ignore it, which is what I do. I think the other thing is what you guys do, which is put it in context and try to have a sense of humor about it. And just to remember, you know, this is part of the job. Yeah. yeah. This is what we wanted. This is what you this wanted. Is what it's we a fun wanted. job. And, and we enjoy, enjoy it. it. <laughs> Even when it's odious. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, Liz, now it's time for this week's Hollywood hack which comes from you. It was so amazing. Go with it. Take it away. Okay. It's keep your flip-flops in your bag. Okay. And then you have to do the context. Okay. The context for this is Sarah and I had a meeting yesterday that was across the lot. Oh, I know exactly where this is going. Now, we have had meetings in this building 30 times, 40 times. I always wear nice shoes, often heels, And I always say, oh, it's just a quick walk there and back. It's not going to hurt my feet. I'll be Mm -hmm. fine. And every time when we on the way back, I'm hobbling, feet (laughs) bleeding, walking barefoot. (laughs) And yesterday I said, you know what? I'm going to bring a big enough purse that I can put flip-flops in the purse, zip the purse, and no one will know I have these flip-flops. So I very comfortably walk to the building in my flip-flops, open my bag, tuck them in, zipped it, put on my heels, and, you know, walked beautifully into the office um, where we were having a meeting without hobbling. (laughs) (laughs) And Sarah was like, how are we just discovering this now? Because, like, it's not like your bag is gigantic. You yeah. weren't, like, walking in with, like, like an overnight a huge tote. tote bag. It's just your yes. regular purse. But flip-flops are small. You and just light. slip them in. Yes. yes. Well, so I have to say in New York City, this is a very common thing because people are often taking the subway or you have to, like, you get off at the end of an avenue and you end up having to walk right. the whole length. And so it's very common. Like, if you go around a building, you'll see a woman standing there, like, balanced on one foot, mm. slipping on her, <laughs> oh, you know. Or, you know yeah. And so it's, like, and it's just, like, a thing. And if somebody catches you, you're like, oh, I'm just getting ready for 
the meeting. You know, I went to a, like a ladies' luncheon, and it was just like a row of people just switching their shoes. Oh, um. really? Because I always think of in New York about the sneakers. You yes. know, people carry these big yeah. sneakers. And I think the revelation to us was that you can use small shoes. Yes. I have to point out Rothy's would be perfect for this. I have used my Rothy's <laughs> yeah. for exactly that. Because yeah. it needs to be something light and something yes. that can fit into a narrow. A, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Can yes. compact. Yes. So, I mean, this is a game changer for me. Wait, can I just remind, remember when we, we were at a party together and you were wearing your fabulous boots, you were in so much pain walking <laughs> to the end of the avenue that it's seared into my head. Yes. Yes. I wish we'd had a pair of flip-flops for yes. you to fire up. Oh, my gosh. That was torture. <laughs> yeah. So now I'm going to just be on a hunt for ever smaller shoes to fit yeah. in ever smaller bags. And I'm going to get a pair of Rothy's. Okay. They're supposed to be great. They are. Right? Okay. And that's it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. For questions or comments, email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and please subscribe if you haven't already. Thank you to our executive producer, the amazing Chuck Reed, and everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13. And thank you to our assistant, Mary Merkins. And a very special thanks to Gretchen Rubin for joining us to celebrate our 100th episode. And to tackle the clutter fest that yes. was formerly our office. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. And thank you so much to our listeners. We appreciate you more than we can say. Yes, and thank you for all your feedback, especially the nice feedback. <laughs> <laughs> Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at Svane and Liz is at Liz Craft. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next week, I'm Liz Craft. And I'm Sarah Fain. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. That was really good. I think people are fascinated yeah. by this topic. Now, yeah. we didn't talk about other people, but I guess that's this okay. This is what this you is wanted. Personal. We need to have a sign made that says, this is what you wanted. Oh, my God. That's, that's our, our next, next sign. sign. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>